Amanda. Hey, Tommy. Hey, it's summertime. You ready to go to camp? I mean, it depends. What camp are we going to? Uh, have you ever been to Camp Firewood? I haven't, but if Paul Rudd is waiting for me, then I'm ready to go. He is, and he's making out with everybody. Oh, then I'm in. Just like in Wet Hot American Summer. Just like Wet Hot American Summer, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And can we talk about? Today is the big culminating climactic softball game against evil Camp Tiger Claw. Boo! We have put together an unlikely team of misfits, and we've been trading like crazy all summer. Yeah, it's a motley crew that you'd think would never even be able to win a single game. We had a kooky training period where it seemed like, well, it seemed like nothing was gonna go right, but guys, somehow we made it to the finals. So I say, when those anonymously evil campers from Tiger Claw get here, we give it our best shot, and we try to come from behind at the last minute with some weird trick play that we made up, and we win the game. What do you say, team? It sounds like pretty well-worn territory. The whole thing feels kind of trite. I say we forget it. Is that how everybody feels? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's fine with me. I... So listen, um, Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. No problem, yeah, it's sort of hacking. Yeah, okay, yeah, then dumb. All right, All right. See, you. see you later, man. All right, bye. It's no big deal. They were totally cool with it, okay? All right. Can we talk about wet, hot American summer? Oh, yeah. Every time I say it, 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 it sounds, it sounds dirtier dirty. Sounds dirty. That's probably right. why we like it so much. <laughs> Something in our psyche. Yeah, I love this movie. I, I there's a It just took me back. I, I watched it today ahead of this podcast, and it took me back to a place I forgot about recently. And there's a whole deeper dive here, which I'll go into in a little bit. But yeah, I, I love this movie. I, and I so, don't know why. Agreed. But when I saw this movie, I forever have been pissed that I was not a sleepaway summer camp kid. I was not. Yeah. We were too poor for that. That was not. Yeah. I went to the town camp, which was right across the street from us and was free. That's where I went. <laughs> you had town camp? That's <laughs> Yeah, a it was run by the town. Town, town of Mamacating. Shout out. What, and what, but what do you do at town camp? I've never heard of that. I'm from the city. So, so I don't... it's a camp that is at the town park. Which was okay. directly across the street from the house that I grew up in for like mm-hmm. half of my childhood. And yeah. it was the house my mom grew up in. And it was run by the town. It was only for people that were residents of the area. Yeah. And there was a pool and we did arts and crafts and we did, you know, like camp things, but we didn't yeah. get to sleep there. And it was like I could still see my house from the <laughs> camp. So it didn't really feel that luxurious. Yeah, only went for a couple summers, like maybe two or three summers. But I wanted so badly to be the kids at school. Like, I'm going to Camp Wagamock. Yeah. All summer. I can't wait to see my boyfriend. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to the neighbor's house because my mom works during the day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was my Uh, summer. See, I didn't get to go to any camp. I, I just grew up in New York City and I played on the streets. The streets. Street uh, I played on the kid. streets. Yeah, basically. Just like rode my bike around the neighborhood. We stayed on the block mainly. But uh, that was childhood, which is also weird for me, too, because like I have a kid now, obviously. And so watching him grow up and not play outside the way we used to is so weird to me. And geographically, I'm in a different part of New York City now where it's not as feasible. But beyond that, like I go back to my old neighborhoods and I'm like, there's no kids playing out in the streets anymore. That's not a thing anymore. They don't like just don't do that. So weird to me. It is weird. It is completely different. But I will say we did like the rule was if you didn't want to stay inside and help my mom clean, it was like, get the fuck outside. And I don't want to see you again. Yeah. Until way later. And don't come back inside unless something is bleeding or falling off. Yeah. (laughs) And like, that's just how we ran our summer. Yeah. But I will say, so on this movie, on on Wet Hot American Summer, do you remember seeing it or when you first saw it? Yeah, I saw it. It came out in 2001. I was still in high school. Yeah, I think I was a freshman in high school. And I did not see it when it came out. But I was I want to say I was like in 11th grade. Yeah. And my high school boyfriend at the time was much older than me. 
And so we were uh, all at a party. And do you want to dive into that? Like, no, you said another much time, older than me. Okay, another right, time. Right, yeah. um, and <laughs> he was in a band and yeah. he was much older than me. And we okay. not much, but like enough years that he was out of high school for a bit. Yeah. And I remember being like super stoned for one of the first times and we were yeah. at a party and someone put this on and I just remember sitting in the couch like <laughs> curled up in a ball eating Doritos like thinking yeah. this is the funniest movie I've ever seen so that had to have been 2004 yeah. three or four okay yeah fair enough so I mean, it was like I, fresh to DVD you know yeah which I mean it, it didn't have like a wide theatrical release really and so oh my god it, it grossed like 200 I have it in my notes 295 at the box office uh, but that's I insane. Say, see, here's the thing. And I, I got to like put it into this box basically. But basically <laughs> I, I was a street rat as a teenie or as a kid or as like a preteen, whatever, like my early mm-hmm. years. When I graduated high school, I didn't go to college like a lot of kids did. Smart kids, I called those guys. Instead, I just wandered around New York City, had jobs, did random things. But one of the things I got into was comedy and hung around UCB theater in New York city was my like church. Like that's where I just went. Me and my friends would go into I'm the city. I'm so jealous go- of that. You know that I am. We've <laughs> talked about this at length, but I'm yeah. so jealous of that. But we would just go to Dallas BBQs, get dinner, whatever. And then uh, big blue Hawaiian drinks and then go to UCB and see a show for five bucks. And that's what I grew up around. And I got to hang out with a lot of other comedians and, and I was a big Mr. Show fan and got involved at like, a bunch of Mr. Show fans from a message board. Like it was a thing, but where this all ties back is in the New York comedy scene, like everyone involved in this. And then the three main guys behind it, which was like David Wayne, Michael Showalter and Michael Ian Black. They had their comedy troupe Stella. They were a part of the state back on MTV days in Mm -hmm. the the nineties. All these guys all hung around together. Everyone just like, (laughs) they just all worked together and, like even Bradley Cooper just hung around these improv. This kids is his first movie Nearson. ever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. which is amazing. Yeah, but it goes to show you that like there was there's like this universe that existed, and it was specifically in New York City in like the late '90s, early 2000s, of these really funny and smart and talented people just hanging out with each other, doing these things. Like a lot of people obviously audition for roles, but they were known. Like they all knew each other essentially for the most part uh, across the board. So it brings me back to those days. And then I, and then this actually led me to showing my son like, Oh, let me, and I just looked on YouTube for, had anyone ever filmed anything at UCB, like any of the improv shows and stuff. And there's stuff that exists. And some of the videos are actually pretty good. And my son was hysterical laughing, watching. Oh, that makes me so happy. I love that. And it just like, it brought a full circle to me. Cause I was like, yeah, that's especially in my life and career. I'm just like, there's like a fork in the road. Like, I could have done improv classes and and dove more into not being such an outsider in the scene and maybe it would have been a career, but I don't know. Everyone has those like little what ifs, but brought me back to all that. But that's where with that, and then there's actually a documentary about the making of the movie, which I don't know if you know about. I don't know if that's one of your fun facts. I've, I watched clips of it before. Okay. Many a time. Yeah. What I was going to mention was the way the movie was made, even going in as the movie's starting, it starts slow. And as my wife is watching it, she's like, this, this seems stupid because it's it's played a little straight in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it eventually devolves like it's part parody and part all these little things. But for me, I'm hooked, not even so much because I, I know what to expect, but because I think I just have an appreciation for what they did and what they built and like the fact that these kids essentially like went out to Honesdale PA and filmed an entire movie about a camp in the seventies and just had fun with it. And so incredible. I don't, I don't know if this was in the documentary or just an interview I had watched, but when they had first set up to make the movie, David Wayne said that they didn't have a script. It was just an outline. Yeah. They wanted the entire movie to be improv. And then as they kind of worked through it, they're like, Oh shit, we're like writing a screen pro- screenplay. Like this is yeah. going to be a screenplay. And yeah. It took them like three years to get the financing for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I, I don't know the exact number. You you know this stuff better than I do, but yeah. it took a while. And I forget how they even got distribution and, and, and money for it, but- uh, They lied at festivals. 
they were like, this is a $5 million movie, even though it was only like $1.8 million was the budget. But they were like, this is a $5 million movie. Like, it's really, it's shot with like top of the line. They just like lied off their asses to try and gain like (laughs) a little bit of interest. I mean, it sucks that it flopped, but we kind of talked about this with our last episode, but this is a cult classic. Like this. Absolutely. This was adopted very quickly by the, you know, stoner high school, post high school age very quickly. And I mean, it just goes to show they we just talked about this. They have the 10 year reunion Netflix show and then the first day at camp Netflix show, which I have not watched that one. But I did watch a couple episodes of the 10 year reunion. Yeah. Well, all right. So to take a step back for one second, because I realize we haven't really mentioned this and it is a cult classic. So. For those who have not seen it, Wet it's Hot American not a porn. No. Let's start there. It sounds like a porn, which is incredible. It, it does. And for what it's worth, like if you've seen movies like Meatballs or Indian Summer, I think those are the those are like at least the two that I remember it being sort of like pseudo based on or or like uh about. But it's it's the last day of summer camp at a camp in Maine. Uh and it's just all the little cheesy stories from, you know, camp, you know, the one, the, the shy guy who wants, who's in love with the girl and the one guy who's trying to, you know, hook up with someone. And it's just all these like little <laughs> stupid little stories and it's played predominantly straight. I'm, I'm a little all over the place right now, but I will there's something that stands out to me that like was one of the things I started like never really noticed. And I noticed this viewing and you mentioned that like they wanted to do it mo- mostly improv. And there was one scene I caught where I was like, you can tell it's improv, but it, it was really funny. And that's where Janine Garofalo's character, Beth, who's the camp director, comes into the mess hall. And she's like, all right, hey, um, so today's the last day of camp. This is the last uh, dinner. Uh, after this is the talent show. But uh, we have uh, early pickup for a, a handful of students. She's just saying the names, just making them up. Yeah, and she's just saying, <laughs> is this if the script just said, just come up with fake Jewish names? And it's she's just Amanda, like Amanda Sleeven Slivenstein. Yeah, <laughs> Saul Saltzman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then and you could like she's just looking around and she does it. And I always had a very high appreciation for Janine Garofalo and her comedy sense. Uh, she is extremely talented. I mean, the fact that like. She hit SNL even, and there's a handful of like people that were on SNL in like the nineties who were only there for like a flash of a second, but were like, it's like very clearly like they were too talented for SNL, like Sarah Silverman, Janine Garofalo, Chris Elliott was the other one I was thinking of, Abby Elliott's father that were just like way underappreciated in like the mid nineties and like where they tried to snap up a few like New York comedians and Janine's up there. But anyway, that that whole thing, her reading off the list of uh, like making up Jewish names as she goes. Because she's, she's so not funny. even reading off a list. She's just she like just looking in the Stein air. Stein to the yeah, end Stein. of the line. She's like, <laughs> Stein. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't know if you know this. Was much else in the movie still improv, improv or? It did say that they kind of ended up fleshing out a script. But I mean, there are scenes that when I'm watching them, I was like, they probably gave them a rough outline. Like the scene where he comes back and says that, you know, the, the guy abandoned the kids on the raft. Yeah. <laughs> and they just start losing their ever loving shit, screaming. They run to the infirmary yeah. and like just start throwing shit. And you can tell the chick that's behind the desk that plays the nurse yeah. is just like, um, what's happening? Yeah. Like you can tell nothing yeah. there is like they just said, just go fucking bananas. Yeah. And they did. And they just start <laughs> trashing the infirmary. The fucking phone. <laughs> losing it. And they're like, it's in the back yeah and that's the thing it didn't even make any sense like he came back to the camp and then called her from the infirmary and, and then it gets hung even up even better and because then, he's like you're never going to be able to make it to camp and back here in one day but somehow yeah. they were able to go back yeah. to the kids in like four <laughs> seconds yeah. and make it back well you forgot how he got away from him he jumped over the he jumped hay over ba- the uh, hay bale the hay bale but it was a real conundrum staring right. at that hay bale another bit out of that that I really loved was how on the motorcycle I can never pronounce his name uh correctly Joe Latruglio it just cuts away like it's clearly like a stunt double wearing like you know <laughs> his glasses and like a mullet uh haircut oh god and then like the camera sweeps away and cuts back and then it's him standing there just silly stuff but it's a fun movie. And honestly, I think to me, the behind the scenes 
of like the story. So this, all right. So this filmed not that far from where you are right now. Like what? Like a no. And it's the this is the summer the actual summer camp that Hank Azaria used to go to. As oh a kid. really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, more fun, fun facts. facts for the crew. When they filmed this, I know they filmed it outside of summer because obviously it's a summer camp, so they had a. Um, well, they of- they filmed it in a summertime, like I think before the summer camp started. So probably the okay. very beginning or the very end of the fall. I think it was the fall. And okay. they had to shut down production for a week. Like they were mm-hmm. all living at the camp. Yeah. In the bunks like they ate in the cafeteria. Yeah. And they had to shut down production for a week because a kid had booked his bat mitzvah there. His bar mitzvah <laughs> was going to be at the camp. So they had to shut down production for a full week so this kid could have his party. Yeah. <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> and they said that it, it rained like 27 of the 28 days that they yeah, filmed. That's crazy. That's fucking yeah. awful. Could you imagine? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I remember I remember knowing that, that it like basically rained every single day. And there was a scene in the beginning of the movie when they're setting things up and they're in the mess hall. And you can see outside the window that it's pouring raining. Yeah. And there's a few indoor shots when like they're shooting indoors, but you can see outside, obviously, because there's either windows or a doorway or something. And you can see it's pouring raining outside. Yeah. They can't hide it. Yeah, well, Michael Showalter's like, it just became like one of the movie's meta jokes. Like, yeah. we're talking about how beautiful and gorgeous it is. And then you can see in the background that it's pouring fucking yeah. rain. And we just like, <laughs> just let it go. For people that haven't seen this, I saw someone describe it. The like, it lives in the same world as like you said, like meatballs and um, and um sleepaway camp. And they said they made the kind of the screenplay based off of Days and Confused and Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Which are like massive ensemble pieces where everybody's got, you know, multiple plot lines going on over like a short amount of time. Yeah. But the fact that this, for those of you that have not seen it, is based off of just one day. Yeah. This is one day. (laughs) People meet and fall in love and get pregnant in one day. Janine Garofalo (laughs) is pregnant from David Hyde Pierce Mm -hmm. in one day. Yeah. And suddenly he works for NASA. It's incredible. (laughs) Well, my favorite thing is that there's one scene somewhere where there's like a little title card of like showing you what time it is yeah. throughout the entire day. And there's one point where it like pops up and it's like 136 and then there's an entire scene and then it cuts back and it goes 137 <laughs> and then it's just a minute later. But like Have you, okay. we've been watching for 10 minutes. It, I was just going to say it's like you when you're watching it, it's like, am I in on this joke? It's yeah. like, are they doing this on purpose? Like, am I getting this? Yeah. But I will say for me, just at the same timestamp thing, my favorite scene of this movie, like collective scene is when they go into town. Yes. And they go into town. They're so excited. They get some beer. They're smoking cigarettes. Then they're smoking pot. And then all of a sudden they're robbing yeah. someone and they're doing heroin in a drug den. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all get back into the truck like nothing happened. Yes. They go back to the camp and get out. And JJ gets out of the truck and he's yeah. like, it's always nice to get away from the camp, even just for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so in an hour, you drank a 12 pack yeah. of beer, robbed someone, done heroin, smoked weed mm-hmm. in your back. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a few things, too, where like, like even in that scene, obviously, everyone's like all beat up. I think. Um, Amy Poehler's character Susie is like bloodied faced and everything and then yeah. they get back it's all undone everything's fine the same they do the same thing with Victor's character where he's all bloodied and he'd be running and then all of a sudden he rescues the kids and then he walks away and he's completely clean just like totally nothing fine. happened yeah everything's fine now but that's the thing like the the it, you are in on the joke right the movie is sort of making fun of all these cheesy moments in like you know like oh remember summer camp and trying to have fun with it where it's like it's not it's not realistic it's stupid it's a stupid plot line everyone's trying to hook up there's also the scene where it's kind of revealed that michael ian black's character and bradley cooper's character are gay and they get married yeah after having sex for the first time in the closet They get married within five minutes. It's a very sensual scene. And somehow they've ordered <laughs> a full chaise lounge from Crate and Barrel yeah. just in minutes. In I love minutes. that moment. It's like that, you know, the switcheroo thing where they're like, hey, we have something for you. And then I see they're like, we didn't know if you already had one. And like they're carrying a giant Crate and Barrel box into the mess hall. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. They're talking about how it matches the rug. It's just great. Yeah. Everything about this movie is silly. 
what's funny to me is like that was always my recollection of it. So when I'm starting it from scratch and I hadn't seen it in a couple of years now, like the first couple of minutes, I'm like, oh, I don't remember it being this slow in the beginning because it, it does start out slow where it's like keeping it very serious almost like it's keeping it like almost like a drama before it eventually unravels. And boy, does it unravel quickly. <laughs> Yeah. It's like Amanda and Tom in the 420 episode, keeping it together and then shit is off the fucking rails. Yeah. And I will say, though, that I think it starts the camp drama movies like this set the precedent for like these corny camp drama movies that like and comedies that come after. But yeah, Michael Showalter, I, I forget where I saw probably TikTok. Let's be honest here. <laughs> it's probably TikTok. Yeah. Michael Showalter said that not only did like they're not even sure they paid Bradley Cooper. Like, and then Bradley Cooper in an interview is like, I'm like 99% sure I never even got paid for this movie. Like so much shit fell through the cracks. Yeah. And I think now that I'm thinking about this in the same interview, they said it was May that they yeah. were yeah, I, I filming just, the while, movie. While we were talking about it, I, I came across the, the note and it was May okay. of 2000. Of 2000. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's hilarious that Michael Showalter is like, actually, I don't think we ever paid Bradley Cooper. And then yeah. it cut to an interview with Bradley Cooper. And he's like, I never got paid for that movie. But he does but say Michael wanna... Ian Black is his favorite on-screen kiss, which is incredible. Yeah. Put it this way, right? That Yeah. They all hung out at camp, right? Like the actors beyond doing the scenes and everything else, like they were actually living at the camp. And especially- In sleeping the... bags. That's incredible. That, that that alone, like, you wouldn't have to pay me. If, if I was Bradley Cooper and I get to hang out for a month at a, at a camp with Amy Poehler and Mike Lee with and Black. comedy and, legends. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Paul Rudd, Molly Shannon. Uh, we didn't even talk about Molly Shannon. Should we also, do that? Should we just d- jump into the cast here? Because it's fucking stacked. All right. So Janine Garofalo and David Hyde Pierce, who are falling in love. One of the parts I loved was... When she's like, hey, I, he's a um, astrophysicist. Is that what it is? Yes, he's, uh, astro- yeah. he's a professor, professor. associate, associate yes. professor. <laughs> and she's like, where where do I find like a book on astrophysics? And she's like, the library. And then all of a sudden he runs by. He's like, where do I find a book on uh, camp managing, camp directing? She's like, the library. And they go to the library. They both go to the library and they're on opposite sides of the aisle. They're like, this aisle is like astrophysics. This is camp directing. <laughs> There's so many books for camp directing. I never knew that. A whole section. Yeah. And then, of course, it's the 70s. So Skylab is falling from the sky for reasons. And it's going to it's going to fall in the camp. That's the thing, too, is like like the silliness of the plots. None of it makes any sense, which is fine. It's it ridiculous. And that's yeah. the best point. It's, like, that's yeah, yeah, that's it. Skylab's going to fall on top of the building where they're having the talent show. And then Beth goes to stop them. And then they, the, the other smart kids figure out that maybe they retraject Skylab falling from the sky to not hit the building. So they stop her from evacuating. Using a Dungeons and Dragons uh, yes. 20 side dice. 20 side dice. Die? 20 side yeah. die. 20 side die. But oh, And then also uh, the other person who randomly shows up also. All right. So down the cast, you have Janine Garofalo and David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> Molly Shannon, who falls in love with one of the campers. Uh, as Incredible. he helps her get over her divorce from Judah Freelander. Paul Rudd, who just steals the movie in general. And that's the thing, too, is like Paul Rudd is probably one of the only people who wasn't like a improv comedy nerd. Like he was like a straight up just actor. And keep in mind, this is after Clueless, right? Like Paul Rudd is not a brand new actor. And that's what I think, too, is like you look at the rest of his career and like most of its comedy. He fell into the right crew, basically. Christopher Maloney, who everyone knows from SBU, and that's what I love about this. I love this. it. Elliot Stabler, baby. <laughs> Apps of fucking lootly. Got his dick cream. Him humping the refrigerator. Slowly uh, as I they just, wheel him back. Like, I just want to show Incredible. everyone who only knows him from SVU and the Law and Order universe. I just want to, like, just show them that one clip just to, like, undo their entire concepts of who Stabler is. And by the way, for what it's worth... Christopher Maloney has done a lot of comedy in his career. Oh, he's very funny, yeah. He, and he's very funny. And he he's said on the record somewhere, and I forget where I heard him say it, but that, like, he does all the drama and, you know, crime drama, but anything else, like, he did uh, Oz on HBO, like, he was in that. Such does all those show. things. But he what he really loves doing is the comedy. And so, like, the fact that all the drama he does gets him, sets him up to play in comedies where people don't expect it of him. Totally sells it and makes it worth it. So love him for that. Michael Showalter, 
but he also plays Alan Shemper, the the uh, who's from Kutcher's Country Club. Yeah, in the Catskills. In the Catskills, which my fiance used to love playing Fonts golf and at. Fonts and crap. Growing up. Real? Okay, wait, that's a real place. You did not know that it's in Monticello. No, I, I didn't. It's know, right I outside know Monticello. That. Yeah. <laughs> if you say that to your wife right now, she'd be like, "Oh yeah, I remember Kutcher's." I, they had to close. This is so funny. Huh. They were doing like some renovations and they had a rally to legalize marijuana and a woman was on the roof hanging a sign and fell through the roof and they had to permanently close because they were being sued. <laughs> <laughs> like how that's what does them in. Um, Ken Marino. Is he most well known for the star show now? Which whose name I forget. I don't know why I can't remember the name of the show. Um, I probably. Yeah. You know, what, you know what show I'm talking about? Uh, no. Uh, but that's why down. I'm agreeing no, with you because it. I don't know him from anything else. Uh, so party I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Uh, um, what the fuck's it called? Party down. Yeah, no, he's in something else though. Oh, uh, that I saw. Marry me. Maybe. Burning love. Role models. He's in role models. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. That makes sense. And he's in Wanderlust, one of the funniest fucking movies. Both of the movies you just mentioned were yeah. directed by David Wayne. Look at that. See, I don't he's in We Are the Millers, too. He's in We Are the Millers. Okay. But yes, no, I am I was thinking of role models. Okay, continue. Okay. Continue on no, our journey. For what it's worth, and, this, and, and if you don't follow him on Instagram or TikTok or any, all the socials, David Wayne is a great follow. For a number of reasons. One, he gives so much insight into like some of the backstories or like things about how they film certain scenes and things in movies. He is a guy that came out of the comedy scene in New York, but he has a high appreciation for film. He's directed a lot of great movies and uh, with Paul Rudd as well. He also, yeah, Wanderlust you mentioned on the list, right? The most recent one I can see from his filmography, I think he's done more, but A Futile and Stupid Gesture, which is about uh, the guy who created, was it Mad Magazine? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Really good. Netflix original movie, but it's got um, Will Forte in the character, uh, National Lampoon. I'm sorry, not Mad Magazine, but uh, highly recommend it. Really good movie. A lot of good comedy actors in it too. So highly recommend it. Anyway, that's an aside. But yeah, highly recommend following David Wayne. He's got a lot of cool stuff on there. And him and Ken Marino are actually a part of this thing called a dad jam band where they just tour and they just play music. Incredible. With, they're coming to New York, which we should go. I've been trying to find someone to go with. So I don't dad know, jam band. Do yeah, we should do it. Ken Marino, Michael Ian Black, uh, who we, we've talked about a little bit already, was with David Wayne and Michael Showalter to be Michael, Michael and David for Stella which is great. Did you ever watch Stella? Mm-mm. So that was the name of their show they did in New York. And I forget the venue, but they also had a Comedy Central show called Stella, the same name. The pilot episode of Stella stars from Parks and Recreation, Rashida, Rashida Jones. Jones. Yeah. That was a good guess. Yeah, that was a good guess. <laughs> it just continues my theory that like uh, anyone that we respect and love from the universe that is like, you know, uh, Amy Poehler or any of these guys, like any of the stuff that we've talked about on the show, they all somehow, it all somehow reconnects to David Wayne, Michael Showalter, Michael Ian Black, <laughs> like that little crew of folks, like just hanging around New York City, doing comedy shows, doing silly stuff. Zach Orth, who I've seen him in so many things. There's a Freddie Prince Jr. movie where he plays like the best friend of okay. Freddie Prince Jr. Drink Shampoo. He's also in Loser with Jason Biggs, right? Yeah. I remember him from that. Yeah, that that sounds about familiar. I'll just say yes. I'm just going to That's the one where Jason Biggs wears the weird Elmer Fudd hat for most of the movie. Those are the two I remember him from, but in my brain, I've seen him in so many other things. And I can't like put my finger on it. And I also think I'm kind of confusing him with the guy that plays the brother-in-law in Severance. The brother-in-law in Severance, I feel like I hadn't seen in anything before. I had Until and I, after. maybe I had and maybe I yeah. thought it was Zach Orth because in yeah. my head I was like wait that's not him <laughs> they live in the same area of my brain apparently yeah yeah fair enough I mean you know it's 
close enough, right? That's um Michael Chernis. Is that who you're thinking of? Yes. Yeah. What has Michael Chernis been in? I feel like I, I got to look up know. where he. Anyway, we're going off on a tangent. I'm going off on a down a rabbit hole. That's what hole we somewhere. always do. Welcome to um, the podcast, Tom. <laughs> Eighty miles. Who I have seen him in a bunch of stuff too, and I feel like he's one of the people that like really hasn't left the New York comedy scene. Like he's still doing stuff that like I see pop up every once in a while. I couldn't tell you a single thing he was in other than role models. Really? That's it. Yeah, but it's funny because I remember like way back, I was like, oh, I don't really know him. Like he's the only person that like didn't really stand out to me. You know, he was head writer on uh, Jimmy Fallon for a while too. Okay, good for so, him. Very funny guy. Nina Hellman as Nancy, Amy Poehler as Susie, Bradley Cooper as Ben. I love I love Bradley Cooper's character because he's so quiet. Like it's all physical acting. He doesn't say a lot at all. Uh, in any of the things, any of the roles. Every time she says that she's producing yeah. the production of Godspell, he'll, he'll be like, yeah. she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's producing, I'm choreographing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way he carries himself. It's so good. So good with the popped collar. It's incredible. Marissa Ryan is Abby. <laughs> who makes out who with I... Moose, the 10-year-old who lights his farts yeah. on fire. Incredible. <laughs> incredible she's like you snooze you lose i'm just gonna go back to making out with this chubby little boy oh, i love it so much that was one of my favorite parts too it was just like <laughs> there, there's two things that come he's out like of the talent bloody. show that i love he comes back yeah. and he's like the love of my life and she's like you snooze you lose he go, she goes i'm sorry it's gonna sound really shallow but what was your name again and then <laughs> She plays it so well. And then the fact, yeah, that she's making out with Moose, the kid who lights his farts on fire. The part about that that I love, too, is the fact that the audience loved Moose. The audience loved the, him. the beautiful rendition of, of Day by Day that from Godspell. Was, and he calls it more like Day Bidet. <laughs> and the girl's voice is like day impeccable. Day. And Amy Poehler's like, just so you know, these kids that you're about to see suck ass but yeah i guess give it up for them yeah but like and, <laughs> and then, the girl's voice is gorgeous anything that subverts expectations is great she gives so this beautiful good. rendition and you're like oh wow it's actually good and then the whole audience unanimously hates it boo just hates booing it. them <laughs> you don't see any reaction and then yeah the mc just goes more like day but day <laughs> just so i love it so much oh my god so good Kevin Sussman is Steve, who does save them all. I don't know. Is he an alien? TBD. I, you know, I think he is an alien and his super wind powers with those sick ass fucking gloves. You know, they just yeah. bring down the goddamn house. Elizabeth Banks as as Lindsay. Uh, what? Do you know she was cast while while working as a cocktail waitress. That's how she got cast. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Two things. I love the fact that like she's. Making out with Paul Rudd a bunch, and then she the comes barbecue up to sauce? Him, the barbecue sauce barbecue all over sauce. her face. What? Yes, but the follow up to that was on the boat. He's like, "Oh, you taste like a hamburger." <laughs> he's like, "I don't taste like I don't, a burger. I don't like you anymore. I don't like you anymore." Yeah, just completely. And that was after he murdered a third child Jesus before Christ, murdering his dropping fourth. like flies. I know. I love that bit too. Like every time, like a kid accidentally drowned that there was always like some other kid who's like, that was my swing buddy. And then they have to murder that kid because he's a witness. Love that. Uh, Joe Latruglio, whose name I will always fumble as I try to talk. Uh, most Mostly probably well-known from Brooklyn Nine-Nine now. But he had so many different character roles. He was in Superbad. He was everywhere, but great in this. And, and his stunt double looked exactly like him, just with a bigger mullet. Um, yeah. Love that. I love that too much. And H. John Benjamin as the can of mixed vegetables. Don't forget him. In the reunion show, yeah, Janine Garofalo calls him Mitch. His name's Mitch. Oh, he has a name. Yeah, I didn't know. I've that. been pretty sure it's Mitch. Okay, that wasn't ten years later. That was first day of camp, right? No, it was ten years later. Oh, that was ten years later. Yeah, because there's two. After she gets the offer from President Reagan for ten million dollars to buy the camp, she talks to the can and says mm. something to Mitch. Oh, in First Day of Camp, which is one of the sequels, you meet H. John Benjamin before he becomes a can of mixed vegetables. He gets toxic waste, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Turns okay. him into a can of vegetables. Incredible. Then he becomes best friends with 
Gene, who likes to rub schmear mud on his ass. So, so incredible. Campfire wood, baby. Yeah, it's an inspiring man named Mitch. <laughs> Did you notice? And I only know this because I'm also I hung out around your neck of the woods a little bit. When they go to town, it actually is Honesdale, Pennsylvania that they're yeah. running around. Uh, and so now also, you guess, you know, the the alley you can go into to, to buy a giant loose bag of cocaine with some guy. just Perfect. There. I've been wondering what alley I would use for yeah. such purchases. Thank God. Now I know. We can go recreate the, the scenes and from the exact locations. But yeah. And uh, honestly, if, if you like the movie and you hadn't seen the documentary, documentary is worth watching because it, they filmed it, it wasn't like a they just go talk about it like they were filming on a camcorder all the behind the scenes of them making this movie so there's a lot of watch footage the whole of thing because i have not watched it yeah. but i will say probably my best fun fact when getting ready for this is yeah. on the blu-ray dvd are you aware of this fun fact no one of the bonus features it's only available on the Blu-ray. If you turn it over and look at the additional features, there's a commentary track that says commentary with extra farts. And if you play the commentary track and watch the movie, it is literal fart commentary over the entire movie. They just add in extra farts for the whole movie in the middle of jokes, when people are bending over, when people are fucking. And then the very end of this commentary is just insanely repetitive cowbell. With farts. <laughs> so. For no apparent reason. Just because I they thought it would be funny. I watched a couple, like, when we're done with this, I need you to go on TikTok and just look up what hot American summer farts. And this okay. girl was watching in her bedroom. And there's the, like, very end of the scene where, like, Henry comes up to Janine Garofalo and he's like, I got the award and I'm going to be in NASA. And just yeah. for some reason, once that scene starts, it's just fart, 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 fart. Like everything they do, everybody's farting. The parents are showing up. They're just farting. Everybody's farting. And I don't, I, I don't know. I I don't even have something I think can play a Blu-ray anymore, but I kind of want to see it. I'm absolutely interested because I, I'm guessing this came from the brain of David Wayne. I had to. I mean, yeah. the fact that it's just on the Blu-ray and it's one of the additional commentaries is just yeah. peak yeah. David Wayne. One of the other things I do appreciate here is, uh, uh, and this is straight out of Wikipedia, in 2011, Wayne tried to convince Universal Studios to prepare a 10th anniversary home video re-release with extra features or a Blu-ray release, but Universal rejected the idea. <laughs> oh my the God. Was, <laughs> the film was released on Blu-ray on May 12th, 2015. I think it's the guy that's the MC of the show talks yeah. about how he's from Kutcher's camp, which is in Monticello. Yeah. And then he talks about his time at a Jewish camp in Westchester, New yeah. York. <laughs> Jesus Christ was his counselor. Jesus Christ was my counselor. Pterodactyl <laughs> bacon. And I just think it's hilarious that they like this whole movie was based on the fact of their own camp. Yeah. Experiences. Both based in like New England and like yeah. Maine and Massachusetts area. Yeah. But they brought this shit all back to New York. Like, yeah. it's hilarious that they just keep referencing the New York Catskills. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the, supposed to be the 70s, right? So Catskills were on fire in the yeah. 70s. Oh, actually, no, I, I, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me correct myself. I thought it was always in the 70s. It's uh, 80s. It takes place, a fictional camp in 1981. Yeah. So they're the I class of 81. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And so 10 years later was what, 91? Yeah. Yeah. That's why you've got Amy Poehler coming back looking like a fucking Cindy Lauper wannabe yeah. <laughs> film production. And then you've got not yeah. Bradley Cooper. Suddenly a nose job has turned him into Adam Scott. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, you don't. He's like talking to his husband, Michael Ian Black. And he's like, do you think they'll notice my nose job? And they're like, but it helped your deviated yeah. septum. <laughs> <laughs> And he comes back and he like walks up to Amy Poehler and she he's like, did you notice? She's like, I did. But did it help your deviated yeah. septum? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, here, here's the line. Bradley Cooper was unavailable to reprise his role as he was directing and starring in A Star is Born. But he appears in still images and his character is played by Adam Scott. I love that. Oh, fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I did see an interview with Christopher Maloney and he said that when they asked him like how he wanted to play the character, he said he wanted to do it as a cracked out Rambo who was cuddly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Christopher Maloney can be in anything. I love any. He's like, so he, fucking funny. It's what I used to really appreciate. And, and again, talking about like the New York comedy scene back in the early 2000s was when Conan was in New York. So you had Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Everyone would stop by there. I think they went to promote the movie on Conan. And like it was just like no one wanted to see this movie. Like it was getting destroyed by the critics. No one understood it. And then well, I mean, that's another question, too, is like, what do you think brought this to some relevance like how do you think truly honestly i think it's because that time period of when it came out 2001 it was like probably a little bit after that 2003 like all those other movies started to get popular again like dazed and confused and like those 90s classics because that's what we were doing we were smoking pot in people's basements watching Days and Confused and Wet Hot American Summer. And like then slowly Super Troopers came out, like these more popular yeah. newer comedies. But these were like stoner comedies before big stoner comedies came out. Like these were the yeah. ones we were watching. And we've talked about it before, Biodome. Like that yeah. that era of movies. And I also feel like the cast that's in this movie blew up shortly after this movie went live. Yeah. Like think about it. Like two thousand by 2005, everyone in this movie is a big name. Yeah. So maybe it kind of gave it like, oh, I want to watch the early works of Amy Poehler and Bradley Cooper and Paul Rudd. You know, maybe that's why. Because they all fucking blew up. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know, to be honest. Like, I I can't put my finger on what got it to blow up. But I, I feel like you're right. Like, whether it was like DVDs or whatever it was or like word of mouth. But like, there was a point in the early 2000s when like, comedies that would have otherwise gone under the radar and never seen the light of day and would have been like a footnote in some IMDb for someone uh, popped and they became like a thing of like, Oh, you got to see this movie. It's really funny. But I think that error is kind of gone because there's like too much. Everything's available on Netflix or Hulu or some streaming service. There's they're not even making DVDs for some movies anymore. So I hope that this really helps the Blu-ray sales for this movie. I hope that the fart track really does. And you We're know what we didn't talk about? Because we always talk about the girl or male figure in these movies that we have crushes on. Mm-hmm. Marguerite Moreau, who plays Katie. She was oh. also in Dazed and Confused. And I was like, she is so fucking beautiful. Wait, was she was she in Dazed and Confused? Yeah. See, I've never seen Dazed and Confused. I can't believe that. Like, that's your next... I'm making you watch that. I know. I'm. I'm I've been saving it sort of for... Like for the podcast, but I, and I'll get there. I'll eventually get there. But yeah, what, she was in a bunch of stuff in, but I didn't realize she was in Days and Confused also. Well, so maybe she, I'm wrong and she wasn't. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. I don't just, know. I have to you, look. She just very easily fits that aesthetic of. I always confuse her with the name of a girl who I cannot remember. And she's also beautiful oh, from no, that I time period. Out who you're. Who's definitely in Dazed and Confused. Hold on. Wait. All right. So now I think we you're right. I think you're right. I don't think she is in Dazed and Confused, but Parky she... Po- me- uh, Parker Posey. Yes. 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 yes I okay. always confuse her with her. As soon okay. as I saw her, I was like, I can see how you can kind of confuse her and Parker yeah, yeah, Posey. Yeah. They that's, have like the lips fair. and the brown hair and the light yeah. eyes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's beautiful. Yeah. Going back to to younger me, especially like watching this, <laughs> not to say, well, I mean, I'm not to say, but like, you know, I feel like older me watching and be like, oh, yeah, she's she's attractive is a little creepy. No, I was going to say even back then, I think I was more into Abby. Abby. Well, I think anyone with a pulse in their penis was into Abby because yeah. she, she was the one you had a chance with. As if long as you Moose could get it. Yeah, you were good. You were good. I identify with Moose. That was that was what it was. And, <laughs> How are you and, feeling today? I feel like Moose. <laughs> the fact I'm that he just comes out on stage, lights his farts on fire. I do have to guess, though, that this is something that I kind of was watching this, not to get meta on, you know, an absolutely ridiculously hilarious movie, but mm-hmm. I feel like at summer camp, this ridiculousness happened so quickly, right? So summer camp is what a couple months, eight weeks, maybe uh, eight weeks. In fact, actually, okay. Beth mentions that in the in the movie. She says, "Okay, so best, it's eight, best weeks. eight weeks, my summer." And yeah. like people go through eighteen relationships in this time. That yeah. those eight weeks are like five years. Yeah, and so it's it kind of makes fun of that. Like you know, you go away to camp and you fall in love and get broken up with and fall in love and get broken up with, and all of this yeah. shit happens in eight weeks, and it kind of makes it a an entire like. 
people act like summer camp is a giant portion of their lives when it's eight fucking weeks. Yeah. Like (laughs) you're only there for two months. And I just think it's kind of poking fun at how ridiculous that is. Like in this one day, all of this shit happens. And I remember, and I'm sure you do too, the kids that would come back to school in September and they'd be like, yeah, how was your summer yeah. Tommy and they'd be like oh so great me and all my yeah. friends from camp and you know blah blah yeah. blah my girl and I remember there was always this girl and she had her camp boyfriend and she'd always show us pictures and like bracelets that they made each other and I'm like oh my god what a loser and I remember he was from New Jersey I was like I bet he's so ugly <laughs> <laughs> I played I hockey and he was from New Jersey and I like I was so mad because <laughs> she was so rich and so every summer it was like also pissed me off because I was her friend and it would be like the one friend's house I could go to the in-ground pool with the like slide and shit but she'd go away to fucking camp and be able to spend my whole summer at her house in the pool and then she would come back and be like oh you just don't understand me and my camp friends and my boyfriend and he's a hockey player in New Jersey and I fucking hated her after that secretly <laughs> it's a dark uh, time no but I, I get that well I will say this though right I mean and and devil's advocate there's an actual like like thing they created in that time for everybody to enjoy, but it's sort of making fun of how quote unquote like important this eight weeks of time span has been. But they I'm also not shitting on it. I'm planning yeah. a summer camp wedding right now. <laughs> like this camp, Camp Tawanda, was on yeah. our list of camps to look at. Was it for really a wedding venue? Yes. <laughs> like, can you imagine if I got married at the Wet Hot American Summer Camp? That would be cool. That'd be that'd be that'd pretty be- good. We'd have to start sending invitations. I'm looking at the list of everyone who's been in all any of the the universe, wet hot universe of things. Because this, this is an extended universe, and I think we're gonna have to do another episode on I think the other so too. two. First day of the camp, ten years later. Yeah, but I'm looking at the list, and I'm like, I feel like you can send out some invitations. Someone would say yes. Some people even already live in the neighborhood, so I think you'd be fine. I wish that, like, well, Paul Rudd, I've got a good chance he lives. Yeah, not too far. Does Amy Poehler, I mean, I, I always get confused between Brooklyn and up uh, where you live, but Amy Poehler lives around here. I don't know if she's she has a spot in upstate New York. I don't know. But yeah, you can, you can, there's been a few people. I'm sure people would show up just to be like, oh man, remember Camp Tawanda? But that's my point is like, they spent 28 days making this movie, about, about a month making this movie. And they formed relationships that lasted years. And came back. Yeah, it and made me so jealous. I fucking I hated it. Especially when <laughs> like the girl that was supposed to be my best friend would be like, my best friend is from, I don't remember where she was from, but you know, it was a rich kid camp. So clearly I wasn't going. Yeah. I was going to state regulated town camp. I know. I, I, I was trying to get in, uh, in New York city. We had this thing and I got to find the name of it. It was like this little yellow smiley face. And it was like a bus that would take you to like, Six Flags and oh my God, that's so fun. Dorney Park and it would take like they would just take you to theme parks and the beach and everything. That was that was the day camp. Oh man, it was like Smiley Face Day Camp in New York City. I got I got oh, I got to find the name of it. But there were these commercials. Oh, Young People's Day Camp was that it? Yes, Young People's Day Sounds Camp. Sounds like a cult. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably was. But they were yeah they they served a bunch of areas in New York City and they're day camps and so that's like actually they very take cute. you. Yeah, but they had these commercials back in like the 90s and 80s and 90s where it'd be like, you know, it was like a this little smiling balloon, yellow balloon that'd be like, hey, it's, you know, young people's day camp. And then they take you to. It sounds like cool when you things. get there, they want to talk to you about their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That sounds like the whole bus ride <laughs> would be that. Hey, it's going to take us about oh an hour and a half to get to Six Flags Great Adventure. Tell you about meantime, another friend I have. Are you yeah. here with a friend? Let me tell you about another friend I have. Don't you think that this is the way that camp was in the 70s and 80s, like late 70s, early 80s? Yes. We're like, again, let's talk about the fact that everyone is supposed to be 16 years old and they look 47 because they are 47. And how many years later was it that they made the prequel and then eventually the sequel? It was like 15 years, right? Yeah. Since the... But like Katie says in, in the movie, she's like, I'm only 16. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're not. <laughs> you're 29. But that was, I'm saying that's what makes it funnier in when they came back to do it again and they did it as a prequel. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's like 14 years older and supposed to be playing the same age. It's incredible. Uh, minus a month. 
I, and so. I, I just, the scene that they have them all sitting on the steps and they're like, hey, wouldn't it be great? Yeah. And they're like, we should set it. What time should we hang out? Nine. Let's say nine so that we'll all be here by 930. And Mike yeah. Ian Black's like, no, we'll be in our late 20s. We should all be able to get here on time. Yeah. And then he's like, but we're going to have to be done by 11. I've got something at 11. And they're like, you've just got a trapper keeper full yeah. of appointments. Yeah. And he goes, I've moved it twice. I can't move it again. Yeah. In 10 years. <laughs> it's at 11. That felt improv in the best way. Did they did they keep that for the reunion for the 10 years later? They like went back in time and showed that scene. Okay. Yeah. But did he did he did he have to leave at 11 for No, another... I guess not because he's oh, okay. too busy with his baby. Yeah. Maybe that's what his and maybe that's what his nanny. was with. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, if you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. Especially just to turn your brain off. It's one of those comedies that you can kind of just turn your brain off and duck back in here and there and you're going to laugh. Yeah. What's funny, too, is like, again, since you you and I had both seen it before, if you had to introduce it to someone now, you have any tips for because, again, I felt bad. Like my wife tried watching it like she fell asleep watching it, but <laughs> rightfully so for her, because I was like, yeah, this, this doesn't seem like anything to her. But me, at least I know what's coming kind of. So if I were to tell somebody to watch it, I would say throw any expectation you have of these uh, critically acclaimed actors in this fucking cast out the window and just treat this as like their audition for everything else they do in life and just watch it till the end because it's hilarious because I've seen it so uh, quite a few times. Yeah. Like, I know the ridiculousness is coming. I know that I'm going to laugh, but I'm also laughing at the anticipation of the ridiculousness that is coming because I've already seen it. Yeah. And if you hadn't seen it, I would say just like laugh at the stupid shit. If you were to treat it like a sketch show mm-hmm. where like every scene is just another ridiculous sketch, maybe it's a little bit more digestible. Yeah. But like as a movie, there's no plot. And the plot yeah. that does exist, it's f- so fucking yeah. insane. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Probably why I love it. Well, I was going to say, too, I mean, I think for me, there was there was something that you read out there about like how it was sort of like meant to be this sort of like ensemble of like different stories and stuff. And I even as I was watching, it was like, I'm trying to think of this as like a parody of those kind of movies and those and like that sits a little bit better. And then eventually, like once it's done with that, it's like, all right, well, uh, screw that. Uh, We're going to go full throttle now. And then it just gets ridiculous and stupid and. Again, I think we've talked about how much I love absurdist humor. So it devolves into absurdity when it's sort of done playing nice with just making fun of these like Indian summer and like those kind of movies where it's like, oh, the summer camp in the 70s and yeah, like all these like silly stories like it's done playing nice. And it's just like now Skylab is going to fall and hit the camp if we don't, you know, roll a dice randomly just stupid plot and it becomes silly so but stupid but, but i love that about you know the it. silliness okay makes it yeah the silliness makes it and i love that yeah two weeks in a row we've done movies that roger ebert hated fiercely i love that did he did he hate this too he like said about this movie in his review that it's destined to become at least at best a last minute accessory to a blockbuster night of pizza and alcoholic beverages and that he hates it something fierce except the astrophysicist David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> so he was he, he really liked he, he really, really liked David liked Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. Everything yeah. else trash. I did notice by the way with, with David Hyde Pierce's uh and it was like there was the scene like when when uh, Beth meets him and then <laughs> she throws the tool or like grabs the tool and then like it throws and you hear like a clay pot smash. Yeah. And they use that same sound effect five more times in the in the course of like 90 seconds, even in other scenes, like someone's in the, the mess hall and something falls and it's a clay pot break sound effect, like for no apparent reason. It's just like, again, they just in editing. I think that's the thing is and maybe I'm too close to it. And I don't know if anyone has that appreciation, but like thinking about them as auteurs, if you will, like making the movie. And just being like saying, oh, fuck, throw throw that same sound effect in in this scene, too. The scene with Bradley Cooper where he throws his tray in the mess hall and Janine Garofalo is like, not Bradley Cooper, I'm sorry, Paul Rudd. And she's like, are you going to clean that up? Yeah. (laughs) The way that he acts that scene is like how I imagine every like 13 to 15 year old boy now (laughs) when their mom is like, stop doing the fucking gritty and put your dishes in the dishwasher. And he's just like, oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Everything is so over exaggerated. And I yeah. just same way watching that today. I was like, I can see them all behind the camera fucking losing it. Like just yeah. absolutely losing it. Cause the way that he's acting that is so over the top and insane. And Janine yeah. Garofalo, if you watch her face, she is trying so hard to keep it yeah. together. Cause he keeps just like <laughs> picks up the fork and it drops. Like he doesn't mean to drop. He drops it, but he like perfectly acts and just like smacks the floor. And it's just like, yeah. this is so fucking stupid. It's going on way too long. Yeah. Like this should have been over in five seconds, but it doesn't stop. <laughs> and same thing when I just rewatched it today, I was like crying, laughing, thinking about them making that scene. Like yeah. how hilarious that must've been. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're in for people. Also, and I feel like this connects to you because uh, I know like she's, I don't know, your spiritual animal. Kristen Bell um, just love her. in an interview in 2012 had said that this was her favorite movie. Like As if she couldn't get any cooler. I could yeah. see uh, Kristen Bell and or Dak Shepard in one of these like prequel things. Dak Shepard yeah. plays a scumbag well. Actually, and it's really funny and, and I got to stop doing this. I have to stop. <laughs> Are we recasting something else again? Tom? No, it, you know what it is. Every time there's two different actresses, or I guess three total, with the last name Bell, and I think they're all related, and they're none of them are related. Lake Bell, Kristen Bell, and and the other one. Oh, who's the other one? I don't know. Oh man, it's a good it's trivia question. Me. Yeah, it's gonna bug me. Um, but the thing is, like, she's also sort of involved with the some of these same folks so that's why i'm i'm uh i'm getting confused i'll i'll, I'll remember it if you give me a minute i'll, I'll find it uh, lake bell is in the remake the 10-year reunion one right yes she is yeah um i might have mentioned it here before but i did an interview with her a couple yeah. of years back and I, my blood sugar was low when my blood sugar gets low i can't think of words like just words and people's names and things just don't come out of my brain and i kept saying the word and it, it, it this interview is on the internet somewhere and i can't listen to it it's way too cringe but you said it kept, to me i listened to it okay i just kept saying comedy scene all over again or comedy world or so there's something i kept saying over and over again and i i was like you ever like talk to someone and in real time you can see from their facial expressions that you're losing them like they don't like they're all the like, fucking time. Yeah. I'm in sales, Tom. That's like my every day. <laughs> so anyway, I, I that was like one of the low points of my Catherine uh, Bell. Catherine, the other actress? Catherine Bell. Catherine. Kristen Bell. Bell, Lake Bell, Catherine Bell. She was in Army Wives What's and The Good Witch. No, it's not her. Oh, this is going to bug me. She was in like she was in a movie recently. I looked it up and it came up. In order of most famous people. This is hilarious. Kristen Bell. Mm-hmm. Andrew Graham Bell. <laughs> In order. Kristen Bell's more famous than Andrew Graham Bell. Because who needs phones? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I remember her name? Oh, this is going to bug the hell out of me. Because I, I, I just remember I thought she was related Ashley to Bell? Kristen. Camilla Bell. No. <sighs> I'm literally All right, she's just. She's got blonde hair. She's a comedian. She's a comedian? Well, I'm sorry. She's a comedic actress, I should say. She played a princess in something recently. Jillian Bell. Oh, my God. I couldn't remember that. Oh, Jillian Bell. Okay. I'm so glad I found this. But just look at Jillian Bell's headshot and tell me that she doesn't. You're just not like, okay, I can see how she'd be related to Kristen Bell. Is she in Britney Runs a Marathon? Is that her? Yeah. Uh, Yes. Yes, Yes. it is. I liked that Mm -hmm. movie. I've had a heart for Jillian Bell for years. But anyway, long story short, it was like it was like way too late that I found out that she wasn't related to Kristen Bell. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a random fun fact. Uh, apparently, she was also in uh, my abysmally rated uh, Fool's Paradise movie that I watched recently. She is not Kate Beckinsale. She's in there somewhere else, though. The Kiss of Death to all movies. Kate yeah. Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> well... <laughs> When Henry and I first started dating, my fiance and I first started dating many 13, 14 years ago, we joked and I said that my, you know, like you say, who's your hall pass? And his was Kate Beckinsale. And at the time, mine was Derek Jeter. And then he was like, actually, mine might be Derek Jeter, too. And I was like, oh, I'm in love with this man. Sold. (laughs) Sold. Kate, I got to be honest. I mean, aside from her. She's fucking weird now. Like, I'm sorry. Is she? Yeah, she's strange. I never saw the. She wasn't um, your jam. Yeah, not my. Yeah. 
I, uh, to be as respectful as possible, not my jam. Yeah, not your but, jam. That's fine. Yeah. You know what's funny? There's a few actresses where that's come up with where I'm just like, yeah, I don't see the allure. And it's my personal taste. I'll, I'll yeah, acknowledge that. I've noticed that with, with you, they have to be a little bit funny. They have to, yeah. like, they have to make you laugh somewhere. She's not yeah. doing that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the other famous one for me is uh, from Friends. Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. She's very funny. She's still real hot at 50, 60, whatever the hell she is. She's like a vampire, I think. <laughs> you know, respect that. Yeah, absolutely. My search history, by the way, for this one, very strange. Who plays the can of vegetables in What Had American Summer? People with the last name Bell. Blonde, hot girl, last name Bell. I'm angry at Google for giving me everyone. Like, obviously, okay, Kristen Bell, Lake Bell, got it. Catherine Bell? She was the third one to come up, too. Yeah, that's no. I know. Jillian Bell has, like, she's had lead roles. How are we missing her? Just for her sake i'm just gonna keep keep searching for jillian bell over and over and over again wikipedia page and say more famous than Catherine bell (laughs) (laughs) but less famous than alexander graham yeah yeah there's a lot of bells yeah because uh jillian bell was a part of the groundlings which i yes yeah with dak shepherd let's bring it back oh really yeah you didn't know that he was in the groundlings at the same time and very good friends with um melissa mccarthy Oh, I didn't know that, no. Yep, they were very good friends, and they were in the Groundlings at the same time. And the Megan Mullally and the Offerman boys, all friends of his. Fun facts for oh, you. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. With the Groundlings, wasn't Barry was working, what's his name? That was oh. uh, Bill Come Hader. On. Bill Hader, yeah. Megan Mullally, yeah. he was friends with Nick Offerman's brother, and Megan Mullally went and saw one of their shows and told Lauren yeah. Michaels at dinner that night that he'd be great. Must be nice. Uh, funnier to me is the fact that Bill Hader was in a show with Nick Offerman's brother. Mm-hmm. And Megan Milani's takeaway was <laughs> not, not your my brother. brother. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah, not yeah. going to make it. Right. But this other guy was the funny He's voice. great. Now him. I want to bring it full circle just to, to close it out. So I mentioned in the beginning how like especially my love and attraction to comedy in New York around like UCB UCB closed around the pandemic, right? They mm-hmm. were in this like little, little underground theater that had they'd been there for a long time. They had a second theater in the village and they ended up becoming so popular and big. So they opened a new theater on 42nd street. And then that was like a couple months before COVID and then everything just fell apart and they ended up closing all the locations. A few things, one, and I don't know the full story and I kind of want to, find the full story but apparently there was some questionable management things happening mm-hmm. at ucb mm-hmm. and obviously it's the original upright citizens brigade theater those uh, the upright citizens brigade themselves the actors in that uh amy poehler in that from from this movie mm-hmm. uh some questionable things including and i think you might appreciate this too uh, appreciate it and as in understand it coming from the service industry but like uh apparently they just like come COVID, they were just like oh we're just <laughs> everyone's laid off done no one works here anymore like just uh, over done so there were some like eyebrow raises from the community around that stuff like yeah that's not cool especially like how like community driven the theater had been and then they officially just closed all of new york and a couple months ago i think i told you second city was looking at coming to new york which i think they still are but ucb is back in new york they have a theater and they're opening in the fall and their like classes are going and everything and it's under completely new management so the original upright citizens brigade themselves uh matt walsh amy poehler the rest of them (laughs) no longer involved with the the actual theater so they are no longer in that business anymore and apparently was bought apparently run by the guy who was the original editor creator editor-in-chief of the onion is now oh. behind okay. all that. So at least someone still from that New York comedy scene. So I have an appreciation okay. for that. We'll see but, how it goes. So anyway, so I, I feel like now I'm like my, um, I have like an itch of like, oh, maybe it's not too late. Maybe go back, do some, do some improv classes. So, I mean, I think I'm pretty good now, but you know. Uh, I mean, honestly, yeah. why don't we go offer to teach Tom? I mean, please, yes. please, <laughs> please. So anyway, so there's that. There's that. Camp Firewood, baby. Camp Firewood. Yeah, I forgot that's the name of it. Incredible. Incredible. 
anyway, go watch it if you haven't. And uh, if you and haven't, a whole, it's a, yes, yeah, good summer movie. Yeah, and the and the and if you like it enough, or you're just curious enough, the series that follows has a bunch of other actors in it that you know. Newer. Can't confirm it's funny as shit. Yeah, because I watched yeah. a few episodes before we re- we started recording. So yeah, it's fun. You said you watched a few episodes. Funnier than the movie itself? Um, no, along the same lines. Here's the thing: okay. they're not starting slow. They start right away with yeah. the jokes and the absurdity and all that kind yeah. of stuff. There's no slow start. So yeah, I fair enough. Yes, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Go the comedy it. happens faster. That's what I'll yeah, say. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Good time. Bye. Happy, it's the summer. Bye. Bye.